But you know what? I thought you were mysterious like my mother until it turned out the mysterious just meant depressed, all right? Hard to reach. I mean, I'm dying here. I don't like going out. You know that I get anxiety when I have to meet people. You know how hard that is. Everything you touch turns to shit! Like King Midas' idiot brother. Jesus. But if you two aren't the biggest pair of fuck-ups I've ever met in my entire life... Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Give Us a Second. A mini-sode series. Brought to you by the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And this is our 34th Give Us a Second 2019 In Review Part 1. That's right. People really like these uh, roundup episodes. I think so. I hope. Because we I don't love think, doing them. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they care about the lists and whatnot, but I think they enjoy the summaries, <laughs> you know? <laughs> People like summaries. Yeah. And they like lists. I, it's true, yeah, just not ours. Everyone li- <laughs> yeah, people disregard our list immediately. But it's okay. We like to have something definitive to put out there. Follow the show on Twitter at GreatestPod. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Rate iTunes, and review. Podbean. Give us a rating and review. Tell us how much you love our lists. Tell us what you disagree with. Bash our lists. I don't want to hear these lists. One star. <laughs> Whatever. If you write a review, you can give us as many stars as you want. If you don't write a review, please, come on. Yeah, don't hide and just have an anonymous one star <laughs> review. Don't be weak. We got one bad review. We've been talking about it for two months. <laughs> okay. Part one is going to cover our top ten movies, numbers ten through six. Yep. Part two, which should come out next week, probably midweek, will cover movies number five through one. On it's not lists. a very complicated formula. I feel like if you've been with us, you're starting to figure out how this works. But there will be a part three this year. Uh-oh. To 2019 <laughs> I spoke too soon. And that will come after the Academy Awards, which air on February 9th. We will record our post-Oscars reaction show. Yeah. I don't know how soon we'll be able to get it up after the Oscars, but it'll be like, you know, and sometime after the Oscars will be part three of this year I do feel like review. every year we, we need to do like one show with a live audience for the Oscars. That would be real sad. <laughs> well, I, I can get people there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might be worse. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I just feel, you know, they can ask us questions. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Uh, what was worth the what pitch. questions would we be qualified to answer? <laughs> Who was the hottest chick in 1997? Oh, okay. Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> <laughs> I've got her down for 98. That's Does right. she go re- back to back? No, re- yeah, it's really 98. <laughs> That's the right answer. See, you do know. 97 is... A tough one. I might have to go Heather Graham Okay. for Boogie Nights yeah. on that one. All right. <laughs> Who wants to start? Should you start? Should I start? Well, how we just needed to work out so that you give your number one last. I'm pretty sure we have the same. I think so. One. Yeah. I don't really think there's much suspense. Okay, I- I'll start. Number 10 for me in a movie that I only saw recently because you let me borrow the Blu-ray, but I did really want to see it in theaters. Kind of a one of the great bummers for me this year that I didn't. Lorraine Scafaria, written and directed, of course, based on a an article, I believe, Hustlers, really kind of a almost feels like a female version of Wolf of Wall Street, certainly not on the level of a Scorsese movie, but really enjoyed it. Super fun, 
kind of just dark, but I love the material. Jennifer Lopez, I mean, unbelievable looking still. <laughs> I just, it's really like insane how yeah, good she looks. Her introduction into the film, stripping to Fiona Apple's song, Criminal, might be one of the best scenes of the year. Yeah. You're just like in my shock. Life. Right. Because of that ass. Yeah. But also, it's such a commanding stage presence. I am a little disappointed by the lack of nudity from like the main characters. It is shocking. There's some background boobs and stuff. Yeah. It's like, well, they are you strippers. You would have thought like Lily Reinhardt would have been showing a little something. <laughs> they are strippers and they are kind of sexually manipulating these men to get their credit cards and stuff. You'd figure yeah. there'd be some Crazy. nudity involved. You would think that, but, yeah, okay. and that's kind of a bummer. But the movie overall, enjoyable, a wild ride. Certainly, you know, there's some dark elements to it, but it's kind of in the vein of the big short or something like that where it's taking something that really happened and is yeah. kind of like dark, but playing with so- sort of the funny elements around it as well. The entirety of the movie plays like one long montage, which is both a good thing and a criticism at the same time. It moves in a way where you're not quite sure that you care about the characters all that much, even oh, though they're absolutely. begging you to. If they all went to jail for like an extended period of time, I would have been like, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, there there is some criticism in that sense, too, where the women themselves got off pretty light in sure. reality, and it you know, does kind of minimize their crimes a little bit, but, you know, well, they it go happens as far with as to men say, all the time, too. <laughs> well, so. absolutely, yeah. I'll do two wrongs make a right, though, <laughs> I would ask. Hustlers was one that I thought might end up making my top ten, and it just didn't. But I did Which like it fine. a lot. Yeah. Of course, I bought the movie. Absolutely. In 4K, by the way. Well, if you're going to buy it, you might as well yeah, that's go true. all in. Okay. I feel like you're going to need to enter that world now, by the it's way. It's true, yeah. I do now own a 4K TV, finally. My number ten is a movie that I can't really recommend it. Okay. So Unless a good you're start. a certain type of person, but it's nearly three hours long. Oh, boy. It's a movie that I think, in its own unique way, is very relevant in 2020 and the current political climate without bashing you over the head with why it's relevant. Oh, yeah. I'm talking, of course, about Terrence Malick's yes. film, A Hidden Life, starring August Deal from Inglorious Bastards and a newcomer that I didn't know, Valerie Pochner or something. I don't know. It's not quite a full year for me unless we're seeing a Terrence Malick movie in the theater. <laughs> this is his best one, yeah. definitely, since Tree of Life. It tells the story of a conscientious objector from Austria during World War II who refuses to fight on the side of the Nazis. Based on a true story, it celebrates the heroism in the untold story. Like, this man dies knowing that he won't be remembered as being a hero. Like, right. Yeah. He's doing this he's strictly basically shunned for himself. By, yeah. Like, yeah. By his own village and everything. Yeah. People don't understand. They think he's a coward. And then, of course, history will then prove him to be right and everyone else will be ashamed of themselves and just... That's how things work. Of course, the cinematography, just once again, like the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. Like all of... Could this movie be shorter? Yeah. (laughs) Were there some walkouts during our screening of it? Also, yes. (laughs) Which is not surprising. Right. However, it just really stuck with me in a way. The music, I felt like, was unbelievable. It was my favorite score of the year. Even more so than the score of Joker, which is winning all of the awards now. But 
Yeah, just a great original score. The cinematography and the direction off the charts. I don't know if our number 10s could be like any more far apart. <laughs> a movie about... One's like a music video and one's <laughs> this like long, endless right. contemplation. <laughs> uh, but A Hidden Life was definitely in play to be on my top 10 list like right up to the, the part end. part where I... she's narrating their history of like when they met and yeah. like the motorcycle and all that stuff. I, I mean, I as soon as that uh-huh. happened, I was like, well, I'm 100% in. Oh, yeah. And, and it just like the the shots of like the the Austrian countryside is that what it is? <laughs> I guess. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's the just mountains like, up and in the, the mountains fields is just amazing. Everything. Yeah, yeah. It, it, like you're almost just like, how is this even the same earth that I live on? <laughs> it did remind me a lot thematically to Days of Heaven in that it's kind of this romance. Now these characters are much more heroic and not as selfish as like Richard Gere in Days of Heaven, but stylistically it kind of reminded me with like narration kind of driving the plot and you're able to Uh tell what the story is but it's still like true a terrence malick movie where there aren't a lot of regular scenes it was certainly easier to follow like what it's about than say like a song to song or night of cups yeah (laughs) yeah so that's my number 10 go ahead okay number nine for me and this was one that i was certainly excited about heading into love the trailers certainly love this director's entry from the year before ari aster's midsummer i have midsummer at number seven okay so we're, i feel yeah we're kind of in the same range then for me i will say this before okay you, please i'll yes. let you talk about it yeah. mostly but for me it jumped up to number seven upon a second viewing okay and i did re-watch a lot of the movies on my list as many as i could wow to kind of make final decisions yeah, um, and I think that's what pushed it a little higher for me. Okay, Go ahead. so I did really enjoy the movie. Obviously, we we saw a lot of movies this year. We talked about it before the show. How much stuff there was that we liked. I was pretty excited for Midsummer. Feel like it fell a little short of my expectations. Uh, I would agree based on the first screening coming off of Hereditary, and which I had at number one last year. Yeah, it does certainly uh, land on being disturbing. The imagery is like really cool. But it didn't really quite have that. I mean, when we watched Hereditary, I was scared through most of the movie. <laughs> Something I'm not ashamed to admit Midsummer as a male in my 30s. Midsummer was not remotely as scary right. as Hereditary. Um, but there was still a lot to like here. Uh, again, maybe if I give it another viewing, maybe I bump it up a couple more spots. But, Stars uh, Florence Pugh. Yeah, who we always others. love. Yes. She had a big year this year. She's going to appear in multiple movies on my list. Okay. And takes place a lot of it during the daylight hours, which is very different from most horror movies. I would say there is a novelty to that, though that is a big reason why it felt less scary to me. True. And it's the ultimate breakup movie, even maybe more so than a horror movie. Wow. It really emphasizes when relationships go wrong and the resentment and when people stay together too long and of course this is an extreme example of you it. think so yeah <laughs> you'd think a little on the extreme side but yeah i i do find it disturbing that some people people are just like, like jumping know, off cliffs they see the ending as some sort of like yas queen moment but nothing that that guy does is really <laughs> deserving of what befalls him at the end of the movie uh, i don't think so yeah Despite how much of a shithead he is. But yeah, I mean, it's two damaged people on this trip and they are intertwined with this summer festival in Sweden that happens like every 90 years. And 
the opening of this movie though rose wow. to the level of hereditary. Yes. I was like after that first twenty minutes, I was like, Oh no. Yeah. I'm gonna be like upset this <laughs> I'm entire like putting time. my hood over my face. <laughs> my number nine is also a follow up from a horror director. Now this movie is not a horror film. It's called The Nightingale and is directed oh, yeah, by Jennifer okay. Kent who directed The Babadook. Which this I is liked. one of those ones that's like a gray area. Uh huh. In that it was released at a festival in 2018, but it did not get released anywhere theatrically until 2019. So okay. I figured, yeah, if it played at Venice Film Festival, that doesn't really count as a 2018 movie to me. Right, Venice, okay. Italy, or Venice, California, Italy. Okay, <laughs> it stars a woman who I don't know, really know how to pronounce her name. It's like Eiling Franchosi. Good enough for me. Who played Liana Stark? in that brief flashback in Game of Thrones. Oh, wow. She's the main character of the Nightingale. It's set in 1825. It focuses on a young Irish convict woman seeking revenge across the Tasmanian wilderness. Okay, one of my favorite driving (laughs) motivations for anything, revenge. Yeah, it is a little bit like The Revenant plus I Spit on Your Grave mashed together. Okay. With hints of, like, Kill Bill thrown in there, (laughs) but it's not as ridiculously graphic as I Spit on Your Grave, but the opening half hour of The Nightingale is amongst the most disturbing things I've ever seen in a movie, really. I mean, it's really upsetting. I remember you telling me that when you watched it, and I was like, I want to see this. I'm not rushing to put that on. Well, it answered some questions as to why this did not get more of a theatrical run in America, because I was like, well, this woman had this hit indie horror movie. Yeah, yeah, right. This is her follow-up. Why is this not even playing in theaters around here? It, it really didn't get like any kind of a release. And then once you find out more and more information about it, you're like, oh, it's two hours and 20 minutes. It's set in Tasmania in the 1800s. <laughs> and the beginning is really disturbing. You can kind of put the pieces together as to why this didn't get a big play. But okay, I, I thought yeah. it was very well done and enjoyable and satisfying. And it hit on a lot of different topics including colonialism and racism and all that kind of stuff, too, is all mixed in there. It was really entertaining and well-made. So let's keep it rolling. Let's okay, hit number we'll eight. shift to my number eight. A recent in-theater screening, and just we, we talked about it afterwards, like what we weren't into about it, but... <laughs> it's always a good start. But I will say, listen, the, the actual directing of this and the long sequences, and it's certainly quite a spectacle and definitely a ride that you're on for the entire time and it kind of almost in a way that like gravity was for me where it just feels almost like an amusement park ride of a movie but it's like a fun time and like the the visuals are exciting and and amazing throughout sam mendy's 1917 yeah it was quite a preamble to get to that title yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't have this on my top 10 yeah I, i think i was a little bit higher on it than you were I wasn't really enamored with it beyond being impressed with the technical achievement. I did yeah. I, I didn't really care very much about the characters. I didn't even really know their names. I, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's not like it's that short of a movie, but because of the way it's constructed, it moves so fast that I felt like I didn't really have a handle on anything, and then all of a sudden it was over. Yes. Even though, uh, like I said, it's almost two hours. And but. I tend to agree with you. I was, I did not feel that vested in either of the kind of the main characters, but it's definitely the, the long tracking shots and sort of taking you from this point A to point B 
on this mission is done in such a cool way. It's just not something that you're used to seeing in most theater going experiences. And now it has emerged as one of the front runners for best picture at the Academy Awards, which I do vehemently probably going to win now. Disagree with that. (laughs) Then it should be best picture. I feel like the Oscars now are just destined to pick things that are going to disappoint people, even if they don't outrage them like Green Book. Because no one's going to be outraged that 1917 wins, but people, I think there's going to be that kind of like, ugh. Yeah. Where people are like, yeah, it's great, but, you know, come on. This is a year where we had really flashy movies from Tarantino and Scorsese nominated and Parasite out of nowhere. There's just like more fun nominees that people, I think, will remember much longer. And aside from like the technical achievement, I don't know that people will always be coming back to this movie. I don't think so. Yeah. But who knows? I mean, sometimes war movies do develop very loyal followings, but I don't know. My number eight is a movie that I don't think you've seen. Okay. But it was a huge hit. One of the biggest hits for an original IP this year, and that would be Us by Jordan Peele. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that would have been a a stunning turn of events. (laughs) A real reversal. No. Knives Out, directed by Ryan okay. Johnson. Okay, yeah, a lot of buzz around this one. This movie has earned $268 plus million at the worldwide box office, as of us recording this, and it made on a $40 million budget. It's a modern whodunit with an ensemble yep. cast that's very fun. It was nominated for Best Original Screenplay at the Academy Awards with its one nomination. Did Ryan Johnson write it? Yes. Nice. I would say that it's interesting that that's the nomination it got because if I had to nitpick something, I would say that the script, I'm not 100% thrilled with how it was constructed, Okay. uh, which I know you haven't seen it. And since it's this type of mystery type movie, I'm not going to get into any specifics at all. But let's just say that the way they do a lot of the reveals for me wasn't the best. But the performances are all great. Yeah, Tony Collette is great in it. Oh, Anna I love Armas is great in it. She was nominated for a Golden Globe, which was one of the stunners of the year for me. Wow, I would not have predicted that a year ago. Anna Armas was getting nominated for a Golden Globe. It's yeah, so cool. I think everyone really liked Chris Evans and yeah. I mean, this Daniel l- Craig was entertaining. It, it, it's just like a really fun movie. That, oh, it looked really fun. It's a throwback to a type of movie that never gets made exactly yeah you never see stuff like it's pg-13 there's nothing in it you could see it i mean there might be like one or two f-words or something but basically anyone from like 10 to 90 could enjoy this movie it's not anything offensive really i mean they do have a little bit of political talk which is kind of funny uh i think between like don johnson and tony collette like arguing and they're basically talking about trump but they they never say trump's name yeah but it's, it's pretty Always funny. at the top of everyone's minds and the current climate of entertainment. And like the kid from It who plays Bill, the young Oh, Bill, okay. Yeah. He's like the young son of the family and they refer to him like as a Nazi and stuff. And oh, wow. I don't know. There's just yeah. some like funny material uh, in there. This is probably of the ones that I missed throughout the year. It's right at the top of the list of things that I still really want to see. You know, sometimes I just can't can't see them all. But th- this looks super fun. Jojo Rabbit is one that I still haven't seen that I would like to. And Nominated for Best Picture, Jojo Rabbit. Somehow. Yeah. Shocking, kind of. <laughs> I would not have expected that based on the trailer. But, okay. So, number seven for me, a movie that you haven't seen. 
Yeah, rare Nor, and shocking. Yeah, I wonder if you'll ever see it, but... I've thought about trying to see it, but yeah. I haven't gone out of my way. I don't even Absolutely. remember when this was in the theater. Um, I, I don't really have a grasp on it. Go ahead and say what it is. Yeah, The Farewell. I can remember seeing the trailer for it, and I was like, well, my list is writing itself right now, because this is going to be my number one. Uh, it didn't quite end there, but Slice of Life, Heartfelt, Funny, starring Aquafina, which yes. I, I've seen her act in things. I, I, I think she has some other career as like a rapper slash comedian or something. <laughs> rapper? I, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I don't really know anything about her, so I, maybe I, yeah. that's true. <laughs> I don't either, but uh, she was basing that off of her weird name. I I don't know. I thought I did some research on her at one point. Certainly not for this podcast, but uh, (laughs) yeah, it's just it's up my alley. It's about her. It's a a cultural difference of her grandmother being sick and no one wants to tell her. And it's kind of like going through the lens of, well, that's fucked up. We should tell her. But like the other people being like, no, this is just how we do it. And yeah. There's some really funny stuff in it, and, and like I said, I mean, this is the kind of thing that's right up my alley. She managed to win a Golden Globe for Best Actress in a Musical Comedy. However, The Farewell, not nominated for a single Oscar, which definitely rubbed people the wrong way. However, I, mean, I haven't seen the movie, so I can't speak to its merit as to whether or not it should have been. However, yeah. I will say that A24 only got one nomination total. Wow. And it was for Best Cinematography for The Lighthouse. Wow. So I think that speaks maybe to A24's campaigning, which I know people always get mad about, but that is the reality of the Academy Awards. You have to get those screeners to people. You have to do all the campaigning shit. Right. And that, to me, seems like A24 missed the boat somewhere. If all of their movies only one nomination total. Yeah. When people were really expecting uncut gems and the farewell and a few of these other things to to get something all right let's throw some shade at a24 i'm just saying like that i don't know if it's specific to just the farewell it's just the the studio did not really come up big whereas like netflix somehow has like all of these nominations and you know it's because they just oh sure inundate people with the screeners and do all this campaigning and spend all this money so, I don't know. That, unfortunately, it's just the way it works. My okay. number seven was Midsummer, which we already talked about, directed by Ari Aster. I don't really have anything further to say about it, other than I showed you one of the yes, images absolutely. hidden into the movie. There's all kinds of shit like that. That is cool. I, I never was picking up on that in the theater. No, no, neither was I. But it, it's a movie that definitely rewards multiple viewing and really diving into it. Well, do you want to do your number six? No, you can jump okay. back to you for number six. Uh, number six for me, I think we we talked about it in the recommendations not too, too long ago. A movie that I was expecting that I would like, but I ended up finding it uh, even better than I was expecting, I guess. Dark Waters, directed by Todd, is it Hayes? Haynes. Haynes. Like I said, I, I'm usually attracted to something that has a little bit, I, I guess leans a little bit more on the artistic side. This was way more feels procedural and by the numbers a little bit i do think that the artistry creeped in there though yeah there are some cool shots well that's true that you wouldn't expect for this type of movie and this is a sort of a phenomenon that's explored in movies and tv occasionally which is the idea of like already being infected by something like it's already done (laughs) like you already have the thing and i'm always sort of interested in that because that is kind of a horrifying thing and you just have to sort of come to terms with it because there's nothing you can now do to prevent it. And I think that's explored a little bit in this. 
I think the acting's good in it. I, I just was really into it and found myself enjoying it end to end. It stuck with me afterwards. I wanted to talk about it afterwards. I, I just really like the movie. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like trying to get in my car to leave, and you're like still talking <laughs> yeah. about it. You're like, why was Anne Hathaway married to this guy? Yeah, that, I was just the biggest how puzzle. Is, in the how movie. is Anne Hathaway married to Mark Ruffalo? I don't get it. A fat Mark Ruffalo, even. Yeah, I enjoyed the movie a lot. It did not make my top ten, but I did find it suspenseful and emotional, and it surprised me with how powerful it was. It was not the type of movie you would expect to really linger with you in any kind of way, and I do think that speaks to the artistry and the direction and the creation of some suspense and the acting performances. All right. My number six is Little Women. Okay. Directed by Greta Gerwig, a movie I would never have expected to be on my top ten. I recommended it very recently on the show. Yeah. Nominated for six Oscars, starring Saoirse, Emma, Florence, Eliza, Dern, Chalamet, Streep. That's right. The time element of it is unique, I guess, to this particular adaptation of the jumping from present to past throughout it. It caught me off guard at the beginning, but I got used to it. I think Gerwig, as a director, has grown since Lady Bird. I know this is probably not the most popular thing to say. Okay. Don't really think she should have been nominated for Lady Bird for Best Director. That felt like a writing movie, an acting movie. Uh, I agree. Did not see a lot of artistry in the direction she was. It was basically her first feature film. She's up against Christopher Nolan, who had never been nominated before. She was up against Shocking. Guillermo del Toro, never been nominated before. These guys who had 20 plus years of great films. However, she ends up not getting nominated for Little Women. And I think it's a much better directed film. There's a lot more creativity okay. to the shots. Uh, it's kind of lavishly produced it looks really good well it feels like she'll have more opportunities yeah and she's somehow become a director that i'm very interested in what she does next all i've heard from the two people that i know who saw little women is just how emotional it is well i mean especially for me not having any idea what the plot was so (laughs) the big element of the st- i'm not going to spoil it sure but the big element of the story that everyone who's seen a version of the movie or read the book is already know, prepared for you were not just like i can't believe they're doing this yeah <laughs> getting like mad right his <laughs> <laughs> tears are streaming out my face i'm like the only man in a theater filled with like girls and women and i'm sitting by myself bawling yeah. <laughs> people were like they were already not sitting close to me they were like moving farther away <laughs> like oh my god <laughs> What something has clearly gone wrong with this man? <laughs> yeah. Well, they said that even before. And then the I, when the credits start rolling, I stand up, clapping, yelling "Bravo!" <laughs> Security just like pulling you out the back door. So we'll talk maybe more about the Oscar nominations, even though the Oscars will be over. But we'll talk about the nominations and our thoughts on how things played out, because not surprisingly. This year's nominations led to a lot of consternation online. Just endless. It's just everything. Hand wringing. I don't even want the nominations to get announced because it's just a disaster every time. It just turns into such a shit show. Yeah. As if it matters. I know. (laughs) I know. And I love the Oscars and I love to try to keep it like it's this prestigious thing that matters. But, like, it really doesn't. No. 
And I people mean, acting like this is the end all be all of everyone's opinions. Yeah, I mean, I think we could save this for part three because <laughs> I, I do have a lot don't go of down thoughts this on all of this yeah. stuff. And don't get me wrong, I mean, it's not like I'm saying no woman should have been nominated or not nominated. I really don't have that strong of an opinion based on the gender of the director. Like, it just doesn't really factor into it for me. But I would have had no problem with Greta Gerwig being nominated for Best Director for Little Women. It just, you know, it is what it is. I don't To quote sure. <laughs> The Irishman, I don't know, you know, if people legitimately think that there are people in the academy not voting for women for best director on purpose then that should be enough reason for you not to care anymore be like well clearly this is a misogynist or sexist organization we shouldn't even i'm care done with this yeah i'm gonna move on so to something else i don't else. know what what else there is to it because i think people and i'm guilty of it too as are you i think you <laughs> you get wrapped up in it and you start to think well this is confirmation of what is the best or something oh sure and so yeah. people take it very seriously and they're like well yeah. women are being held out of being considered the best or whatever but it's like that's not really what it is Guys, it's just voted on by this one little i'll remind you element of our society uh, called the, the academy the king speech one best picture okay come on i think some people like the king speech not no. us. Yeah, no. But that's probably <laughs> Certainly I would not say someone the I would want to talk to. Would be a more embarrassing. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, I was thinking of that because Hustlers inspired me to watch Wolf of Wall Street, and that dude is in it, right? The guy that played the artist is the oh, yeah, yeah. Swiss banker. And it's right, just, yeah. yes. So it led me to down this path of even thinking about the artist, and you're just like, wow, talk about something that's just sort of like disappeared from. That's the, the thing earth. you have to remember about the Oscars is something always kind of creeps up this year. It might be. 1917 and it just becomes like the thing for a month or two that people are really on fire about yeah. and then a few months later no one cares right and you could say that about green book last year slum dog millionaire comes to mind <laughs> most years yeah that's what happens and i think people can't accept that and they keep thinking like well it needs to be a better record of what is actually the best film and it's like i don't know how often the oscars has ever been that and like it's just the way like, it is it's just not that i don't i guess like in it's about definitions and how you look at things because it's like i i don't really know who is to say what definitively the best film is but i like to think stuff that's going to have like a lasting impression at least yeah well it's not right that's i mean it's not what it is it's just what those people vote for in that moment and that's it and you could probably point to plenty of years where by midnight west coast time the day of the Oscars, the night of the Oscars, they've already realized that the the wrong thing won, and, and it's stupid. And I've gotten to the point now where it's just like, I am just like hoping, as much as I couldn't handle it, because I just, you know, cringe things are hard for me, but now I'm just hoping for like a mishap where someone has the wrong envelope and the wrong best pictures announced. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see what happens. We're recording this still a few weeks out from the Academy Awards, but since the nominations have come out, it's just been nonstop talking about it. I cancel you, oscars you avoid more of it than i do but yeah. anytime i open up twitter it's like opening up the fucking book of the dead or so it's like <laughs> the demons from hell it are is weird and sucking uh, yeah you it's into just it. like <laughs> how one social media tool can just capture all this vitriol you just like open it up and it's just like a non-stop feed of people being angry the bottom line is and i'll leave it at this okay i don't think it's too different and it's very comparable at least in my mind to think about how game of thrones was ruined star wars is ruined 
everything ends up ruined now. And to me, the award shows and the Oscars also are ruined as well. And if you want to say they're sexist or racist or whatever, that's fine too. But I mean, to me, it was something that nobody needed to take that seriously. Now everyone takes it as serious as life or death. And it's just not that fun anymore. I, I know. I don't. Nothing I, is fun. I, I don't know why just fighting about like dumb shit about like who should be nominated for stuff and who should win stuff. It's just, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's crazy. All right. So that'll do it for part one. And we'll be back next week with numbers five through one on our best of 2019 list. So we'll see you next time. She came from Greece. She had a thirst for knowledge. She studied sculpture at St. Martin's College. That's where I caught her eye. She told me that her dad was loaded. I said, in that case, I'll have a rum and Coca-Cola. She said, fine. And in 30 seconds time, she said, I want to live like common people. I want to do whatever common people do. I want to sleep with common people. I want to sleep with common people like you. Well, what else could I do? I said, I'll see what I can do. I took her to a supermarket. I don't know why, but I had to start it somewhere. So it started there. I said, pretend you've got no money. She just laughed and said, oh, you're so funny. I said, yeah? Well, I can't see anyone else smiling in here. Are you sure? You want to live like common people? You want to see whatever common people see? You want to sleep with common people? You want to sleep with common people like me? But she didn't understand. She just smiled and had my like common people you'll never watch your life slide out of you and dance and drink and screw because there's nothing else to do co-stars uh, Leo Margot Robbie Margot Robbie's feet Margaret Qualley's feet Dakota Fanning's feet seriously Quentin has separated more women from their shoes than the TSA <laughs> gotcha.